Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. On the night of February 23, 2022, Alex Borovensky and Annabelle Ramirez hosted a movie night. Well, we watched Tarantino. The Grindhouse, right? That was the Grindhouse. Yeah. yeah. So it was very violent and funny, um, but very violent. So it was kind of, we were talking a lot that night about violence. Alex and Annabelle run a theater in Kiev, Ukraine. And besides staging plays of the theater, they'd put on different kinds of events. Then we hop on the metro and we came home very late. It was like one, we went to bed at one. And then early in the morning, uh, 5 a.m. or so, uh, I got a call from our administrator of the theater. And she called me and she said basically just two words, uh, Alex, wake up, there is a war. And she hung up. And next thing I hear, explosions. On February 24th, Russia invaded Ukraine. There was this very uh, thick wall of like very thick glass that separates the 24th of February of last year. And you remember all those times, but they seem so unreal these days. And everything that we do now seems so real. We never believed that the war could happen in this century, in this continent, in this level of human development. When we heard the explosions, uh, like behind the window, first thing that we do, uh, we were like walking around the room. And uh, like I say, for the first 30 or 40 minutes, we were just messaging people close to us, our relatives, friends, reading the messages, listening to what's happening outside the window. It was it was scary, but the scary thing was sirens because we didn't know what does it mean. I clearly remember that I felt that if I hear sirens, it means that bombs are immediately falling down. And I had this feeling like we need to find the place to hide now. We had friends who did buy food and water and prepared a bag with clothes and the documents. We didn't do that. So we actually decided, like, okay, let's buy at least some water and some food for like 
three days because of, I guess, movies or something. You think that there will be a chaos, people panicking. But actually, it was pretty controlled. So people went to shops. Yes, it was strange. There was a lot of like, huge queues. But other than queues, people were very polite and kind of very laughing a lot, uh, making jokes, I guess, because of like nervous jokes, you know. Uh, some people, yes, was gathering stuff and uh, there were a lot of cars. You could see a lot of cars, um, people trying to get out of the city. But it was still kind of, I didn't feel panic in the air. as That's what I remember. Like, I mean, it was kind of very... Mm, lost. I guess people didn't understand what was going on, so it was uh, too soon to panic, kind of like this. Alex and Annabelle remember that they bought one large bottle of water and some canned meat and dumplings. But they're frozen. So to prepare them, you need to have, first of all, you need to have a fridge to kind of save them. And you need to have uh, gas to prepare them or electricity. So like a lot of very stupid, small decisions based on actually ignorance of what uh, what war is and um, how it develops. And uh, understanding the rules of war, I guess it was hard first thing that we did, we put uh, we put Friends episodes and we started watching it. It was like, you know, this little piece of normality <laughs> in this world. So you feel numb. You don't know what to do. So you kind of stick to something very safe. You, you just watch a TV series. It feels like as if you, you do watch it, it will make everything else disappear and then you kind of finish and the war will be over and it is more about state of shock everything that we're telling right now I'm not saying for everybody because everybody lived this day very differently but uh, for people that I know the whole period of first two weeks is very blurred and actually really hard to remember how I felt about it because what I remember is being shocked after a few hours, they decided to go to their theater. It's in a basement and was a bomb shelter during World War II when Nazi forces occupied Kiev. They thought it would be safer than their apartment. So we took two backpacks with uh, basic clothes and a couple of items and uh, documents, and that's it. Yeah, we really didn't take enough uh, clothes with us. Because... If we needed to leave very fast, you know, like you think about very, very basic what you need in the very first days. And uh, we also were kind of fearing that Metro will not go. So we tried to reach the, the Metro while it was working. Now they opened the Metro for everybody. People could go in freely. You didn't have to buy the ticket. And I remember sitting there and Ukrainians were very obedient about the mask system, COVID and everything. But I remember sitting in the Metro and looking at people and nobody's wearing masks. Nobody's wearing any mask. And I'm like, whoa. And that's, you know, one of the things when I kind of woke up after a shock, I'm like, oh, that was strange. And... Um, there was no, uh, you know, shotguns or the sound of Kalashnikovs in the street uh, on the day one. There was later, but on the day one, uh, these explosions early in the morning, then they kind of not stopped entirely, but they ceased. 
So like by 11, say 11 in the morning, it was pretty much more peaceful and you don't see any smoke. So you, you like think maybe it has stopped. Maybe there is a peace treaty. Maybe they kind of got uh, thrown back by Ukrainian army. It feels like it has stopped for a second. But then you read the news and you see, nah, nah, it's going on. Russian forces were moving quickly towards Kiev. There were reports that the Russian troops intended to, quote, decapitate the government in Ukraine's capital. A small group of friends and colleagues gathered at Alex and Annabelle's theater. First thing we did, uh, we kind of made uh, videos for social medias about we hear the sirens, this is war, this is what's going on. My name is Alex Borovensky. I am the theater maker and an artist. And what you hear over here is the siren in my native city of Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. And today I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning listening to this very siren. And uh, it's like, what, 2 p.m.? And I've been listening to it over and over, not only to the siren, but also to the sounds of bombing, uh, sounds of explosion. We went inside to decide what do we do. And then the first lady from the apartment building came and asked, like, is this a shelter? Can we just stay for a while? And, uh, well, we said, yes, of course. And this is how it all started. Like, people started coming and coming and coming. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. We'll be right back. Support for This Is Love comes from Indeed. Hiring someone new can sometimes feel like finding a missing puzzle piece. The right person can complete a team, but the search can take a long time. And sometimes it feels entirely up to chance. Indeed is designed to help you find that perfect match much easier and much faster. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences for job candidates and becomes more accurate over time. That means the more you use it, the better it gets. You also don't need to worry about the busy work of hiring. Indeed will help you with scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash This Is Love. Just go to Indeed.com slash This Is Love right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash This Is Love. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. 
The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. In the next few days, Annabelle and Alex say that the group kept changing as new people joined them at the theater and others fled the city. Every night, the theater housed between 20 and 40 people of all ages. They'd sleep on mats and blankets spread out on the concrete floor. They started calling the theater art shelter. It was winter, and uh, two rooms in our theater, there was no heating. So we put in this small portable heaters, and they were consuming lots of electricity, and they were working all day and night, like 24-7, because otherwise people would just freeze. And um, we rearranged one room that used to be a rehearsal room into the canteen. We brought two steam cooking devices. We brought a fridge from somewhere. I don't know where we get a fridge. We took a fridge. When you look at photos and videos from the shelter, you can see people sitting around cluttered tables. You can see lots of cans of food and large plastic bottles of soda. Annabelle runs a publishing house that translates Latin American authors into Ukrainian, and she stored boxes of books at the theater. On one of the first days, they realized they needed to cover the windows in case of explosions or shelling. They stacked books from Annabelle's publishing house in front of the windows, covering them completely. Alex continued recording himself and the people in the shelter. In day three of Russian invasion into Ukraine, the sirens keep going, the bombing keep going on. The Russian troops were stopped at Prospect Peromogi. Uh, Ukraine is still standing, Kiev is still standing. Slava Ukraini. The amount of information we received was overwhelming. Like we received this freshest updates, but it was hard to filter what's real, what's not, what's, you know. So we knew that they hit from every direction, that bombings of air uh, air drones and everything happening, that they are crossing the border, that they are attacking from Belarusian side, that they are trying to get to Kiev. But to understand what's real, what's not, that's, you know, that was hard. In one video... An older woman sits at a kitchen table, reading on her phone. She's reading an article out loud to the group. In another, a group is gathered around that same table, listening to a speech by President Vladimir Zelensky. Every night, he would address Ukrainians. Some days, they didn't leave the shelter at all. It started snowing in Kiev. I'd say it's relatively peaceful. If you don't consider the Kiev's mayor announced that half of the city's population had fled the capital during the first two weeks of the invasion. But Alex and Annabelle say they never considered leaving. Knowing that it's dangerous, inside it feels much more safe to be around your close ones rather than stay away 
I know it's different for everybody. But for me, like, this was very clear. I need to know what's going on. I need to leave all these emotions through with my people and, um, like, find ways to be useful in the spot, in the place. Yeah, I would say that we became much more rooted this uh, winter of our discontent and the summer of our discontent and autumn of our discontent and the whole year of our discontent made us much more united and much more rooted. One woman who came to stay at the theater brought three cats. One of them had belonged to her son. She lost her son uh, on the first days of the uh, invasion. He was in the front line. So she had three cats, and one of them was the cat of this boy. The cat had long gray fur and was named Cicely. Cicely often appears in Alex's video diaries from the shelter. This is my morning coffee right here, and this is my best friend, Cilla. Cilla is the short name for Cicely, but we just call her Ukrainian way, Cilla. Cilla, say hello. One room we had to rearrange into the cat room because uh, people will leave in town and they called us and say, take care of the animals or just grab a key from the apartment. There is a cat inside. Go get it. And like we did. And eventually we had like seven or eight. In the videos recorded at the theater, there's a lot of joking and laughter. Laughter is the first thing that came on 24th. And the only thing that stayed completely through all the time. Because if you don't have the sense of humor and the ability to laugh through something, your body will collapse from the tension that it contains inside. Laughter is very natural and beautiful way to process things. It just feels really important because when people laugh, people feel alive. And this is what we want to gain because war makes you feel dead inside. It just takes away everything from you. And then when you laugh, you kind of, oh, I'm still I'm still human being. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, seriously talking, uh, the whole situation, this whole war is a joke. Look at Russians. Was there rusty tanks? Was there stupidest lack of strategy? Was there even idea to put a war in the middle of 21st century? That's a joke. That's something that Orwell, if you give him this plot, he's like, I'm not going to write about it. Uh, so it's like half of Ukrainians' reactions uh, is laughing at it. Because I believe when you become stronger and um, more centered and more united, many things become ridiculous. So that's what we laugh at. We laugh at ridiculous things. Yeah, which doesn't take away the respect and deepness of tragedy that's going on. I guess it's just a choice, every constant minute a choice to choose life instead of, mm, instead of death. We'll be right back. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before the invasion, tell me a little bit about what you two would do together. How would you spend your time? What did you like to do? Work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, we really spend a lot of time, even when together, talking about theater. And um, it is a part, very big part of, of what we do. Alex and Annabelle's theater is called Pro English Theater. It's the city's only English-language theater. Alex is the theater's director. Annabelle is an actor and also directs plays. We finish pretty late, because every rehearsal is like 10 p.m., so we normally would get home like at 11 or at midnight or after midnight, and then uh, this is like the sacred time for two of us. Like we have a projector, this uh, overhead projector, so we would put a movie, a Netflix or something like that, would watch it together uh, pretty late. How did the two of you meet? Yeah, I remember that, that that time I invited Annabelle to the poetry evening. And I was performing at this poetry evening, and Annabelle was in the front row and the very center. And all the poems that I did, I did it for her. So with, like we've been, how long have we been together? Nine years. Yes, yes, nine years. Alex has lived in Kiev for two decades. Annabelle moved from the suburbs to live with him after they started dating. Annabelle says Kiev has always been a beautiful city, and still is, even if it's different since the invasion. It was a very different Kiev. It felt as the city was so ready for um, defense. Every 50, 100 meters there were blog posts uh, with guards who would check your documents. I felt very protected, actually, because of what was going on and how people were very quickly adjusting to new rules. Like, the curfew started to happen, and still you didn't understand the rules of war, what sirens means, what sound means. So you needed to take some time to just kind of learn. And um, this is what uh, people were doing, and... um, this is what the streets were filled with, like people being very attentive, cautious, and ready to collaborate with military people very, very fast. We were also helping military people to build the blog posts, just very quickly rebuilding the defense system. And all of a sudden, the city became very small. So you go to the nearest drugstore, the nearest uh, store, and that's it. So you used to know what's in the next block or what's in the next street. In March, you wouldn't know because you wouldn't go there. And many people, like, they never, like, left the shelters and they stayed there. And the streets were all covered with hedgehogs, these metallic things to stop the tanks, and these concrete blocks to stop the heavy cars and everything. So if you have a car, and we did have two cars, and that's how we traveled to get some people in and out, so you never go straight by car. You go by this, uh, trying to circle these uh, concrete blocks. 
This is Dan, an actor and a good friend of mine, and he is driving the vehicle. Uh, Dan, tell us, where did you get this vehicle? Uh, a woman gave it to me. A woman I barely know. <laughs> Voluntarily, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but this is, I love this car. This is my car now. <laughs> How do you use it? Uh, well, we do a lot of volunteering here, doing um, military aid with stuff, doing help of babushkas with uh, medicine. And what did you do today specifically? Uh, well, we brought some uh, armor for army from right bank to left bank. It is very important for Ukraine, this understanding of Dnipro River. There were several days, I guess, they four and five, something like this, when Russians really tried to get into town. So you really hear Kalashnikovs, which is not like, you know, some distant explosion. That's a gun that you hear nearby, which is like half a kilometer. So it's already in town. To hear it so close, it was like, you know, that was scary, I remember. And then I guess like in, in a week or two, when Russians started really encircling the capital, there was another wave when uh, parents started taking the kids, and for example, in our uh, art shelter, we had a family with two kids, and they were with us for the whole week. But then when Russians really tried to take the capital and circle it, they, they went, they left, and that actually was a good idea. Today is the day 11 of Russian invasion into Ukraine. Some people just cannot take it anymore because it's been a way too much on the shoulders of Ukrainians, on the shoulders of Kiev, on the shoulders... And that's the siren going back again, and I haven't heard it for quite some time, and the difference... Today is the day 12 of Russian invasion. Today is the day 16 of Russian invasion into Ukraine. I guess it's day 18 of war on Ukraine. I keep losing track of it. You know, I don't know what day uh, of the week it is now. We used to count it, day 1, day 2, day 3, and now it's day 18. And then there was one dinner. We kind of had 30 people eating and being all the time in the phones, very nervous, very intense. And then somebody took the guitar and started singing. And then, like, next day or in a couple of days, somebody found the book. And we started to read the book in the circle, reading aloud. People never do that in the 21st century. <laughs> This experience was like, it was very surprising how people changed every time they had the opportunity to touch something like a book or a story or singing. And uh, that would make it very uh, obvious that there is something in art that can actually mm, be very, very needed. They had an idea. They would write and create a play. This idea was very connected to guilt as well, uh, because we did a lot of volunteer work. Doing theater would cut a little bit time of this volunteer work, and it felt like, is theater really that important right now? Like, maybe it's better I do some more and more volunteer work to kind of help people who need it. But in some other moments, you felt more useless because 
What can you actually do? What do you know how to do in this life? And the only answer is art. So this was just the thing to, I guess, keep us sane and give us this uh, feeling that um, we are doing something that we know how to. And there was this also feeling of we need to document what is going on. We need to remember how it felt like. And it also gave us a lot of power and um, understanding of our own, you know, kind of narrative and the story. So we, we kind of have control over what's going on. They decided to base the play on a novel, The Book Thief, by Marcus Zusak, about a young girl living in Nazi Germany who reads aloud to her neighbors in a bomb shelter. They started rehearsing. There was a lot of people. There is no free space at all. Everybody's entering the room all the time. There are cats. There is sirens. There is, like, lots of distraction. Theater preparation requires privacy. We didn't have it. We didn't have it, which means all of the choices were kind of, like, co-created. Like, you look around, you see a person sleeping in a sleeping bag next to you while you're rehearsing. Uh-huh. You're going to take the story into the show, which led to a very intuitive show and the show that somehow started touching the audience, like, without them thinking. So it works on some other level, I think. Alex and Annabelle had worked together before, but this was something new. We always were super busy with the project. She has her things, my things. We meet only like at 11 uh, at night, you know, for our time. And during this March, we were very close to each other. We still are. I mean, it did change us because we spent so much time together as never before. And we actually started, I guess, enjoy it more. By late March, Russian forces were being pushed out of Kiev. Alex and Annabelle say that's when they decided to put on the play. They would do it at the shelter. There were 15 people in the audience. But they also live streamed the play, and thousands and thousands of people from all over the world watched. Good evening, good morning, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This recording from the night shows Alex on stage, introducing the play. The stage is dark, the walls are black, the lighting is very dim. But along the edges of the stage are sleeping mats, blankets, and sleeping bags. And normally, before every show, we would polish this place. We would make it, you know, just super clean and everything. For months, this place, our artistic space, has been a bomb shelter. And people actually sleep there. Alex introduces some of them. He describes a woman from the apartment building upstairs who sleeps in the theater because it's safer. And in exchange, she lets everyone use her shower. This show will be using some sound of sirens. And these days, it can be quite traumatic for the audience. Be aware. At one side of the stage, Annabelle sits on a mat. And Annabelle Ramirez, and I perform it all. She's my favorite actress. And we will keep the streaming of this performance on our page until the war is over. Alex explains that the story, The Book of Sirens, is set in a small German town between the years of 1939 and 1945. The town is bombed. A piano player off to the side of the stage performs live music. All of the props used in the play are everyday items from the shelter, Cans, a toothbrush, a sleeping bag, a phone, 
and books. The books are all from Annabelle's publishing house. In the middle of the room is a small table with several cans of food. Annabelle gets up and slowly walks towards the table. I looked up and saw the tin can planes. I saw their stomach open and then bombs. I remember the talk after the performance with one of the girls who came to see and that she said, thank you because this is the first time I allowed myself to cry because before that I thought if I would cry, it would mean that I'm giving up and it would mean that I'm not able to kind of continue the resistance and the resistance just started. But like after watching the performance and crying with you, I realized that I actually have even more strength to resist. And I remember how it impacted me so much. About one month after the invasion, people felt safe enough to start leaving the theater. I do remember this real feeling when everybody left and you walk in their rooms, nobody's sleeping in their uh, changing room, nobody's cooking in the canteen, uh, and it's like empty, empty. And then I do remember that I opened the shutters. We have this mechanic, uh, electronic shutters that open, and we never opened them during this uh, month or so. It was uh, always electricity light inside, and I did the shutters, and they slowly started going up, and I saw the light from the street. Alex and Annabelle moved into a new apartment. One of the cats who had lived at the theater came with them, Cicely. It's, you know, this love and hate relationship with this cat. <laughs> she's unbearable. I mean, like, she never listens to anyone. Uh, she never, I don't think she ever loves anyone. But when she starts doing this, <laughs> you adore. You adore this creature. You adore this animal. And you have no protection against because she is just the queen. Their new apartment is even closer to the theater. And by close, I mean three-minute walk. So it's that close, because this staying in the theater for a month or so, it kind of made us understand this is the center of our existence, this is where we want to create, protect, help people, and this is where we want to be. We'll have a link to their performance on our website. This is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Katie Bishop is our supervising producer. Our producers are Susanna Robertson, Jackie Sajiko, Libby Foster, Lily Clark, Lena Sillison, and Megan Kinane. Our technical director is Rob Byers. Engineering by Russ Henry. Learn more about the show on our website, thisislovepodcast.com. And if you like the show, tell a friend or leave us a review. It means a lot. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at This Is Love Show. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Discover more great shows at podcast.voxmedia.com. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.